Hey, everybody. Welcome to Latch Mama Podcast. It is Melissa coming to you from the Latch Mama headquarters again, which is awesome in Midlothian, Virginia. Uh, we are in the midst of World Breastfeeding Month. Um, so we're coming to you with a little bit more breastfeeding information today. Um, something I'm super proud of as a business owner and uh, just a human in general is that at Latch Mama, we have a bunch of certified lactation counselors on staff um, ready to answer any of your lactation questions. So today we have pulled three of them into this lovely podcast setting, which I know they're all so comfortable about. <laughs> um, and we are going to talk a little bit about some of the more popular, a little bit more kind of fancy breastfeeding questions that we get. <laughs> um, but we have April and we have Corey um, with us. And we also have Aaron. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I have these like pregnant brain moments and everybody's got to forgive me. Um, all of which I am sure you guys have seen if you all have interacted with us from a customer service perspective or on our online community. Um, and they are all absolutely wonderful CLCs. Um, and they wanted to come in today to talk a little bit about the questions they get asked the most. You're listening to the Latch Mama podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Wirt business owner and tired mom of five. Join us each week as we talk about pregnancy, nursing, parenting, and all things motherhood. Thanks for being here, guys. This is yeah. fun. It's like a little party. I yes. know. I'm excited. Um, do you guys want to go through and introduce yourselves relatively quickly and talk about kind of what you do at Latch Mama and, um, you know, your family and stuff maybe? Yeah. Breastfeeding experience. Yeah, go April. Yeah. Okay. Hey, um, I'm April. I am the customer service manager and social media manager. And um, what else? What else do you want to know? I have three kids. They're a little older. So if I share some experiences, it's like old school breastfeeding, <laughs> you guys. Like before social media, before freemies, before all kinds yeah. of things. So um, I have an 18-year-old, a 15-year-old, and a 12-year-old. She's uh, April's like our mama bear around here. Mm -hmm. She's wonderful. She's she the one is. that reminds us of boundaries and <laughs> family. And her oldest is going off to college this weekend. So it's yeah, a sad. if I her randomly burst into tears, here. that's why you'll know. At, at, oh. at, yeah. at one point, I feel like everybody in your family, except the younger two, has been on payroll here at Latch Mama too. Yeah, which is kind yeah, of cool. yeah. That's something to be proud yeah. of. Anyways, okay. Oh, hello. Uh, I'm Corey. You guys, if you listen to the podcast, you've already heard me a couple of times. Uh, I love to be here. Love to hang out with Melissa. I work in social media at Latch Mama. I answer a lot of your CLC questions in the Facebook group, approving those posts, making sure you guys are nice to each other <laughs> and um, yeah, giving each other good advice in our social media Latch Mama community. I am a parent of three, almost four children, like three and a three quarters children <laughs> very very close to having baby number four and um have breastfed for like i don't know 50 plus months total it's a lot it's a lot of months yeah i couldn't tell you how many I'd, I'd have to count it up i'm also um like an informal milk donor and 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 love 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 all things clc and breastfeeding this was a really great opportunity to work here and learn so much more about lactation Aww. yeah I'm Erin. I work uh, customer service. So if you've emailed us, I have probably chatted with you <laughs> on email. Um, I also have three children. They are a little bit older as well. My oldest is almost 15. My middle child is almost 12 and my youngest just turned eight. Aww. So they're older, but it was really cool to come work at Latched Mama a couple of years ago because I've always felt really passionately about motherhood and breastfeeding and taking care of moms in that vulnerable time. And um, this gave me the opportunity to kind of go back to that time in my life and um, revisit those memories and, you know, encourage moms again. So... Nice. you guys are the best. Oh, you're so the happy. best. <laughs> <laughs> um, so April, who sees the majority of the stuff that comes in, um, has put together a few questions for us. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to start with what you, and this is literally statistically 
a lot of what we see. So um, we're not making this stuff up. Like these are the questions that most of our community has, which hopefully um, means you guys have asked them to yourself or look for resources to figure out, um, you know, how to get answers before. Yeah. So um, one of the first questions we wanted to just chat through is to make sure you guys knew what a certified lactation counselor does. Um, they may be a little different than an IBCLC that you may see at your hospital um, or I guess within your community as yeah. well. Mm -hmm. So one question I have here is just what does a CLC do and what type of training do they have? And then where can a mom find one in their community? Well, the training was pretty intensive. Melissa sent us all to training. <laughs> I said, figure out who's getting your kids off the bus yeah. this week. <laughs> I need you guys to go learn about boobies. Yeah. yeah and I'm so great. glad we did. But it was very intensive. It was a full week of all day school, mm -hmm. uh, followed by a very intensive exam. Yes. Um, homework every night. Homework every, every night. night. Uh, we had a practical part of the exam and a written part. Um, it was a pretty intensive week. I think you come out of it with like three college credits or something. <laughs> it was crazy, but it was so informative. I learned a lot, even if, I mean, I breastfed my three kids, um, yeah. but I learned a lot about just like the, um, what do you call it? The biology of mm -hmm. breastfeeding and the global um, movement for breastfeeding and like how to support moms globally and in your community. It was really cool. Yeah, so there are a lot, you'll find a lot of lactation experts normally in your area. There are a lot of different kind of stages in terms of education. Um, there are a lot of online doula programs that, that also offer some sort of lactation certification. That's normally like an online class that has a quick little test at the end of it. Not saying that those aren't good. Um, you know, a lot of the breastfeeding issues that pop up are normally pretty easily solved with the right education. Um, so that's always a good resource. The next step would be something like a CLC. And then the next step above that would be an IBCLC or something like that. So the CLC kind of pathway is kind of one of those middle grounds where you actually can practice. You can practice as a lactation counselor um, within your community. Um, but we use it here because IBCLC certification is extremely difficult. You almost yes. have to be a nurse first. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a really good in-between middle ground, I feel like, that, you know, arms everybody with a lot of information. But. Yeah, I like what you said, too, about um, how a lot of breastfeeding issues can be solved with just some education and knowledge. And that um, I've heard a lot of moms over the last, you know, however many years since I've had kids, almost 15, um, that have said, oh, I couldn't breastfeed because of this, or I couldn't breastfeed because of Absolutely. this. And a, a lot of those issues that moms think they can't breastfeed because of X, Y, or Z can be so easily yeah. remedied, or they don't have to be an issue at all. So learning about how to help moms um, work around or through those issues was Absolutely. so awesome. And it's such a, it's such a bigger picture of kind of why we as a company feel so passionate about making sure that we're using that revenue stream to educate you all, because I know you guys do a lot of stuff with friends or family members or just outreach that has nothing to do with Latch Mama, but it's just using your education in the community because so many women want to breastfeed and then they end up at home with very little support. They get overwhelmed. All of a sudden, their baby's losing weight. There may not be an IBCLC or lactation counselor in, at their pediatrician's office. And of course, they want to do what's best for their baby. And their one like job at that point is to help their baby grow. It's not working. You know, It takes so much confidence to then search for a resource mm -hmm. and find a resource. So you know, part of our mission at Latch Mama is to make sure there's as much kind of ability to reach people who can help you in those situations if that's something that you know yeah. you're passionate about yeah. doing. Just last week I went to my fitness instructor's house <laughs> because I'm doing body pump with her. She's pregnant. So I'm like, hey, just so you know, like when this baby comes, Aww. I'm a postpartum doula. I'm a lactation counselor. Like, give me a call. So she finally did like maybe two or three weeks after the baby was born. 
and she was talking about how much her nipples hurt and they were bleeding and that she had stopped breastfeeding and she was just pumping and giving formula because she just couldn't do it. And so I was like, okay, let's, so we're chatting back and forth and I could just tell that probably that latch was not correct. Like just based Mm -hmm. on what she was saying, I was like, oh, that latch is not right. So we talked through a couple of things. I sent her a couple of videos and she was like, Oh yeah, I have not. It was Light the latch. Like the, yep. I was and not was doing that right. In. Two to three weeks. Yeah. in At this yeah. point. Oh. So I was like, it makes okay. My nipples hurt just thinking. I about know. It. Right? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. Like, who wouldn't stop? Like mm-hmm. that's right. painful. If you're bleeding and scabbing and the baby's not happy and you're not Ugh. happy, of course. So I said, let me just come to your house and let me just sit with you. I will tell you in advance. I may need to touch your breasts, but yeah. like, <laughs> hello, this is something hello, fitness instructor. Right. Like, yeah. I may need to now touch your breasts, but like, <laughs> I'll sit with you and we'll figure out what is going on. And um, we, I, I mean, I was there probably an hour, and we just kind of worked through a couple of different things. She got one really good latch to where she was like, oh this is what it's supposed to be like. And for me, that was so rewarding because I was like, oh, you've been going three weeks with something different than that, you know? So now she knows. And then, you know, he was getting fussy and whatever. Mm -hmm. And so we just moved back to like, do what, do what you all are comfortable with at this point. But if this is a goal of yours, keep working in that direction and now you know what that good latch is supposed to feel like right and that was like key and so I don't know what she's going to end up doing or what variation Mm -hmm. of breastfeeding she's going to end up having but at least it's just you know so hard with a little bit of more a little bit of information it's so hard to imagine just because I haven't personally had it I've had very fortunate experiences in terms of midwifery care but the idea that we're sending women home what 48 hours after they have a baby some women haven't even had their milk come in at that point they're at home they're engorged they're trying to get this latch that looked one way at the hospital so so maybe they did see an IBCLC Mm -hmm. at the hospital the latch looked great but now all of a sudden you know they've they've gone from grapefruits to cantaloupes Mm -hmm. and the baby can't drain the milk like I mean the amount of issues that can arise once you get home that are somewhat easily solvable but in that moment of no sleep I mean, hopefully your birth went well. Hopefully you're not processing it. You have other kids around. You have to work through all of those issues with such little support. I don't know. I could go on for hours. Yeah, that's so true. I think a lot of people don't have that support. Like when I first started um, breastfeeding my oldest, um, I had no idea what I was doing. I was only 23 years old. I was so young. First time mom. Um, Thankfully, my mom had breastfed, which was rare because I think a lot of moms in the 80s did not because it was the women's lib movement it was you're going back to work um you don't need to breastfeed here's formula you know it was like that big movement which had a lot of good components to it but um on the other side of it a lot of moms now don't have that capability to support their daughters even if they are trying to be supportive they don't have that experience Mm -hmm. I was fortunate to have it but now a lot of moms don't and um they don't know where to look for that support. Mm-hmm. Um, which no. I'm glad that we are vocal about the fact that we offer that because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people just don't know where to go to get it. Yeah. No, I'm like a, I'm a young parent of a young parent of a young parent. <sighs> so, I mean, I, I mean, I had my first at like 19, I turned 20, 10 days later and yeah. my mom uh, did not breastfeed any of her five. My Nana didn't breastfeed any of hers. No aunts or anybody in the family breastfed. Wow. And I was, it was this determination. I had to prove my mother wrong, had to do it. <laughs> yeah. And I was definitely that first time mom that was like tracking the feeds on my phone, oh, left, yeah. left breast for yeah. five minutes, right breast for 15 minutes for like the first nine months, every ounce he gained, you know, it's, it's anxiety ridden. If you do not have the right support and education, Absolutely. it is, you're so capable of feeling yeah. like you failed. It's for sure. painful. So, Anyways, long story short, with the first question, um, <laughs> we have a team. It's much larger than this. Um, ready, willing, able, capable of 
helping you all as much as we can virtually. And we also are more than willing to do the research for you in terms of who in your area is also able to actually meet with you, look at your latch, things like that. Um, it's just a little labor of love part that we do. We don't do it to try and sell more clothes. We do it literally because we truly believe in supporting the moms um, in that postpartum period. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say a lot of pediatricians offices also mm -hmm. have CLCs on staff. And personally, if I were looking at pediatricians, that would be a huge win for me, yes, um, sure. especially as a first time mom like that. That might sway my choice for sure. Or you can ask your uh, your hospital when you're leaving if they have a warm line uh, like a CLC on call that you can or nurse line that you can call and ask mm -hmm. those questions to. Or reach out to us because anywhere you touch Latch Mama, we will get you in touch with the yeah. CLC. Yeah, and there's something else just really quick that I want to add to this. Not everybody is trained in lactation. So don't no. assume that if you call your labor and delivery line or you call your pediatrician's office or you call your OB's office, mm -hmm. that there's going to be somebody there that is trained in evidence-based lactation information. Um I remember a friend of a friend was super engorged after her birth. She came home. She called the hospital again and said, oh, my gosh, what is happening to my body? I don't understand. I'm so uncomfortable. I can't move. I have, you know, milk up to my collarbone. Oh. And their advice was to put a really tight sports bra on. <gasps> so, and this was like a that was a major hospital in Ugh. the Richmond oh, area, gosh. someplace that that should not no. have ever been no. the answer oh, um so you know we thankfully it got to me and we kind of recircled and you know talked about engorgement which you can learn a little bit about on last week's podcast um but yeah so just don't assume you know really truly um ask whoever you're talking to about you know kind of what their lactation you know yeah, mm -hmm. education is. Some county health departments also have Absolutely. lactation consultants mm -hmm. yes, and a WIC. lot of WIC offices. Ooh, yeah. 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 yeah, that was my entire. So I didn't take the CLC training the two times that we have spent. We've sent Latch Mama employees. I actually flew down to Florida um, and took it on my own prior to sending any employees to it when we were a little bit of a smaller company, and everybody in there um, was kind of brought in from different Florida WIC organizations, mm -hmm. which I think so is fantastic. Great. Such a great resource. Fantastic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's there if you guys need it. All right. Next question. Can you give me some tips for preparing to go back to work? Yeah. So I was going to take that one, but yeah. then like jump in. Um, I think, yeah. are you the only one that did you go back to work? Breastfeeding or pumping? I did not. No. Did you? I brought Lucy here. Yeah. Well, I <laughs> yeah, mean, yeah. this is a little bit of a, a little bit situation. of a situation. A little bit. I think, and I mean, I had all. I mean, I was at home with my first, and then yeah. by the second was born, Latch Mama had started. So I've just had mine on the breast. Yeah. Here. So we're gonna let April. Um, take so April, this. go yeah. ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I was trying to think, and I think that I probably have pumped as much as I have nursed my babies. Wow. Like, equal, you know, equal amount of time spent during the day. Um, so yeah, I would just say, um, number one, don't get that pump out until <laughs> a couple of weeks, say two to three weeks before you're due back to work. So let's just assume that you get a 12 week maternity leave. So I know really generous in America. Don't get me started or that's going to be the rest of the hour of this podcast. I, so I want to be over here quiet. I know I'll just go <laughs> off of my experience. So that's thankfully, thankfully I got that. So I had a 12 week maternity leave. Um, so I would not get that pump out until about week nine or 10. Um, a lot of moms, and I think you talked about this on the previous mm -hmm. podcast, get that pump out at like week one. No, no. Keep it in the closet. <laughs> let your um, mm -hmm. let your supply get established with your baby mm -hmm. first, and then there will be plenty of time what to about, figure what that pump out. What about that anxiety, though? What about that anxiety of the clock is ticking? I have to go back to work. I don't have any milk in the freezer oh my gosh, they're only eating what they need every day and yeah. I'm not making any extra. What am I supposed to do? Yeah. Like it's making me anxious just talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Social media makes it really hard right. to not yeah. focus on the baby. Like people say over and over, feed the baby, not the freezer. But it's yeah. so hard yeah. to see other people. Look at my freezer stash of all yeah. this milk I'm going to use when I go to work. And you're like, oh my gosh, I, I have, have to go back ounces. to work. Yeah. 
What yeah. do I do? Um, right. So don't pay attention to that. Um, <laughs> just focus on that time. That's the only time you're going to get day in, day out yeah. with that baby, and, you know, in and the middle of the day. So focus on that so that you will be able to later, um, you know, be able to talk to your caregiver about what your baby's cues are and what their day looks like and all of that. Yeah. If, if all you're doing is focusing on pumping, mm-hmm then, you know, you're not, you're not kind of utilizing that time the best. So I would say week nine, 10, start using, using that pump and just maybe pump once a day. Or if your baby nursed from one side, um, after he's done, maybe pump the other side. Um, and you won't get, so just to kind of, again, relax the brain a little bit, you won't get the amount of ounces from your pump that your baby will be able to transfer. So don't pay attention to that. Just pump what you pump. Be happy with it. (laughs) Bag them in like one, two ounce little bags and you'll see it start to accumulate. So what you pump, you know, on week nine or 10, um, just, you know, be proud of that. And you'll see that start to accumulate. You know, if you do that once a day, you will have plenty. Um, If you don't have the opportunity to create any kind of um, like extra supply, just think about this. So what you um, need, what that baby needs each day is really about an ounce per hour that you are apart from them. So if you're apart from them for 10 hours, then they need 10 ounces approximately. So, you know, you really could actually power pump over the weekend and get that set aside. So like, again, try to relax, focus on the time that you have, and then just start building that supply just a couple weeks before you go back to work. Can we hit quickly just because not everybody listens to archives of the podcast? Yeah. Just really, really fast. What that biology of those first couple of weeks is in the sense of why it's so important not to stick a pump on if your baby is, you know, feeding at the breast. Why that extra little bit of oxytocin? I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it to you guys to talk about because everybody <laughs> yeah, heard me say, talk about it last um, week. So I will say uh, it, it's so so important. Like like I said earlier about feeding the baby, not the freezer, because you are gonna see people you know on social media um, in in life tell you you know you need X amount of milk saved up for your baby you know they're eating six ounce bottles this it's not accurate it's breastfed babies do not need six ounce bottles you know uh you're going to want to pace feed your baby mm-hmm. so uh you know reach out to us and we'll get you a great video on that or google pace feeding the breastfed baby and that's spelled p-a-c-e-d i was talking paste to someone feeding. and she was like paste like glue <laughs> <laughs> Um, because they'll do that themselves in kindergarten it's so easy to build an oversupply when you've just had a baby your body Mm -hmm. is adjusting to all of these changes you're you're nursing around the clock and then you think oh i've got to start saving up milk let me pump two your body's going to think that you're trying to feed two babies three Mm -hmm. babies and you're going to start making milk out of your ear holes Mm-hmm. And then you're going to welcome all these really unpleasant side effects like clogged ducts and mastitis. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, it's those can be hard to come back from. They're painful. Mm-hmm. It's not easy for you and baby to nurse through them. And it can also take a negative hit on your supply to start an oversupply. So really giving yourself that, like April said, eight, nine, ten weeks t- for your supply to regulate with just your baby and for your body to learn just how much milk you need then starting to pump to build what you need while you're away from baby because you're still only feeding that one baby yeah yeah and you're gonna see pretty normally a pretty drastic shift in milk production around six weeks you're gonna see your milk production regulate you're gonna probably feel less full at times i feel like that's a question we get a lot yes like mm-hmm. that six week mark hurts or like i can even tell you how far along they are like they'll send a message and like mm-hmm. all of a sudden my breasts don't feel full anymore <laughs> what's going on the baby seems fine and i'm like well, how far you know like how old's the yep. baby and mm-hmm. like 99 percent of the time it's in that like six to eight week range yep. yeah. where 
you know, your breasts just start to learn, you know, they mm-hmm. learn how much milk to make. You maybe don't feel you're let down as much. And that actually means that you're doing a great job and that you're feeding yeah. your baby, you know, what your baby needs to be fed. So, right. Yeah. Um, so a couple other points I was going to say, make sure that you, uh, know your rights. So first of all, the Accor- affordable care act, um, allows for nursing moms to take breaks and for them to have a private nursing space. So make sure that's not a bathroom. Yeah. Or Mm -hmm. a supply closet. Yes. Yes. So that's set aside for that. That's a clean space and it doesn't have to be complicated. I mean, Mm -hmm. it can be a comfortable chair, an electrical outlet. I mean, a little mini fridge would be fabulous, but like it doesn't have to be much more than that. But hey, if you want it to be more than that, yeah. ask for more than that. Yes. We, um, had a, we had a mom in our Facebook group that works yes. in, um, she works in, in I think something she said cr- something like men's labor, but really heavy duty machinery in a, in a very, that's what she, <laughs> that's what she said it was like yeah. a, uh, like a very man dominated yeah. well, it's it's a factory space. Labor now. Yeah. 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 And she did, she pushed for breastfeeding rights at work. And not only did she get like an amazing lactation space, but she, you like set the tone for further Absolutely. women that are going to so work great. at her job and in that space are going to be supported to nurse their babies. It's I, amazing. I remember a few years ago, I always like feel like doing a big project every time after mm-hmm. I have a baby. And so I had Benjamin will be four in October and shortly on the other side of it, I was like, we need a lactation space in Richmond. So we have a super old baseball stadium. Like used to, like, I don't even know. Do you know how old it is? I mean, no, like it's super, old. super old. Um, and it's been talked about being torn down they like are doing every, it. every year. I don't know. At some point they're going to tear it down. <laughs> I don't know. We used to have, it was a really good minor league team here called yeah. the Richmond Braves. And then it, it kind of came back to life. But anyways, I showed up and I don't know what, I don't know what I was thinking. I think I was still kind of like postpartum league crazy a little bit not, that, I don't mean that in a mean way but like had no fear at all but I Love literally it. just found an email address and I sent them an email and I said hey I've had a couple of people reach out that the stadium is really hot in the summer and they want some place to breastfeed and <laughs> I remember getting an email back and they were like okay sure you want to come in and talk about it and like I walked into this boardroom and like this meeting of these all these dudes and I came with data about who who makes the decision to go to minor league baseball games, which mm. is the family and the and normally the the woman in the relationship and stuff. And anyways, what ended up happening is not only did we put an awesome lactation room in that I love, it also has like a modern bathroom now, it's which awesome. is fantastic. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so here's the deal: there's education opportunities everywhere. Totally. So find them, Um, you know, and just because you think that your boss may not care, you don't really know until you ask. Mm -mm. And if you're in Richmond and you go to a flying squirrels game, (laughs) go into the team store Mm -hmm. and there is a lactation lounge in there provided by Latched Mama. And it's beautiful. I remember I walked into my dentist's office and I just, I randomly found this dentist. It was way outside of where we live, kind of. It's like totally on the West End out in Goochland. But uh, he found out what we did and he was like, hold on before you leave and I'm like I just got my teeth cleaned like I want to leave like don't love the dentist don't really know who you are he's like I need to show you our lactation space I put in and I was like this is the most heartwarming thing ever and he's like I've had at this point we've had seven moms use it and I'm so proud of every one of them and I was like you are such a cool dude but like I would have no I don't know. I would, you wouldn't look at him and think that he would be anybody that would be approachable to say, Hey, this is important to me. Yeah. It's important for me to breastfeed. And we can talk about breastfeeding at work for hours. I'm going to be quiet now. So yeah. yeah, So use your voice. If you need help, reach out to us. We will help you find that space. If nobody's listening to you, Ooh, I'll get angry. So you're going to, you're going to have to talk to one of them about about it. Mama bear. Exactly. She's on it. Um, yeah. So just a few other quick, um, little tips. I would say, speak to your boss ahead of time. Let them know that you're planning to breastfeed. You can easily find statistics, letting them know that, um, working moms who pump and nurse have less sick days because their babies Mm -hmm. tend to be healthier if they have some reservations, though it's really not their 
decision or choice anyway, but um, just if you feel like you need a little info. But if you have the opportunity to start back to work midweek, I would do that so that you're only away from your baby for two or three days that first week. Or can you do half days for that first week or so back? Is there an opportunity for you to have a more flexible schedule or reduce your hours for a period of time? Um, could you not take on an additional project in that first, you know, two to three months back? So just think through some of those things that will allow that transition to happen a little more smoothly. Um, and it's okay to go just speaking as a mother that I worked in corporate America. I had three little babies and, um, nursed and pumped and traveled and, all the stuff that needed to get done, it is okay to say no sometimes. It is okay to say, uh, I don't think I'm right for that project right now, or I'm going to need to have a hard stop at 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's okay. People will figure it out, and you'll be seen as someone that can handle multiple things, does have boundaries, is able to stand up for herself, not someone that is uh, just you know, do whatever you want to me. Like all yeah, my, my point. family will mm-hmm. take the, right. um, the, the brunt of that. Yeah. And, yeah. If, mm-hmm. and if that doesn't happen, then you're probably not working in the right place. Cause I mean, you want your family to come first. I mean, I know that's yeah. really hard because I've seen a hard, I've seen some moms that have reached out and, you know, just a couple friends that well, they also work in the daycare space, but, um, a lot of moms, even in our Facebook group, have said, you know, they've t- discussed with their boss when they're going to pump, um, you know, how to work that around their schedule. And if they have, you know, some childcare leeway, they will have the baby brought That's to them. That's what I was going to say. To nurse, like, on their lunch break. Don't like, be afraid to Do you to work close to home? Can your, you know, your mom or your childcare provider run the baby up to work? Do a little nursing on your lunch break. Then you, you know, don't have to pump mm-hmm. and you can, you can skip that session and you get a couple extra minutes with your baby. You're, you're mm-hmm. getting that bonding time. You're still producing the milk that you need to produce and you're stressing a little bit less about how much you need to save up for the next day. Yeah, and you get great. that little oxytocin rush too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. To get you, you through the day. Not, yeah. Yep. <laughs> See your baby in the middle of the day. Isn't that great? Oh. That is great. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Visit <laughs> or, us at episode 19 if or, you want to hear about that. A little bit of work-life balance ideas too. Yeah. Or you can watch the CBS morning show on <gasps> August 31st. Oh, we have a day. It's a 7.30 hour. This just um, in. I'm going to get up early. In. I don't do that. So um, I'm pretty sure that you can watch it on replay. Okay. Um, but yeah. So I got to talk about my little passion, which is the fact that women need to be seen as moms if they would like to and employees at the same time and valued in that way. So yes, and CBS you, national morning show. And you also made friends with the, um, with the anchor Yes, and she's getting ready to have a baby. And now Melissa's kind of like her CLC friend. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, who knows? I answered a lot of but questions that's just she had. So great. I think she was just a journalist. She just asked a lot of I questions. I love what you just um, said too, that you can be seen as a mom mm-hmm. and yeah, a yeah. successful human and it doesn't have to be one or the other. You yeah. can be both. Absolutely. You I mean, I, I assume, I mean, who knows if they'll use the quote or whatever, but I did say when we were talking in the interview, one of the few things I remember saying, cause in those things, they interview you for so long and then they cut it to like a minute. So who knows <laughs> what we're actually going to see. But I mean, I really truly feel like, you know, workplaces across America, we've diluted motherhood to pumping breaks and like pictures on desks right. and mm-hmm. it needs to be more than that. Um, especially hopefully on the other side of COVID, we see the actual capabilities that women have to, you know, run households and school children and work and do projects and breastfeed their children and really have opened that conversation. Hopefully. Yeah. That we We run the world. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Heck yeah. We run the world. Love it. Okay. Next question. How can I get my experienced nurser? Usually this is around six, seven, eight months old nurser to focus on nursing rather than getting distracted. That's a tough one. Mm. Yeah. I would say when they're really hungry, they're going to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But 
that's also the age that they're probably teething, Mm -hmm. maybe getting some separation anxiety, just need those cuddles, exploring their world, trying new things, falling, getting hurt, not reaching toys. And they start to have emotion too, Mm -hmm. you know? And so they, they want to snugs, you know? And they love, that's when they're starting to figure out like what's going on in this world. And so they pop off the breast and then they go back on and (laughs) like, what's going on over here? Yeah. It's it's almost like being on the breast gives them the confidence to explore a little bit more you know it's like they're on the breast and they're happy and they're content and they feel loved and nourished and then all of a sudden they pull off and they're like "Ooh, what's happening out here okay (laughs) now that's kind of scary I don't know what's happening over there but I'm gonna go back to my little safety place yeah so it's totally normal oh yeah yeah I am I nursed Lucy my my third child while working here at Latch Mama from like eight weeks to uh gosh like eight nine months right before the pandemic hit and she really went through that like FOMO (laughs) <laughs> couldn't keep her head down on the breast. So we did a lot of uh, like walking away from the desk. Let's go sit on the couch. Mm-hmm. Let's sit down and just focus on feeding. Like nobody talk to her while she's eating or I'm going to get bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's let's go sit in another room and turn the lights out. Yeah. Even if she doesn't need a, like a nap, even if baby doesn't need to calm down and get ready for sleep. It gives you guys that time to really focus on you know, feeling that oxytocin, feeling that bond and, and connecting and letting that milk just flow. So you get a sufficient feed, you get less distractions Mm -hmm. and, you know, nobody gets bit. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely found around that time that I had to go to another room where everybody wasn't hanging out. It was just (laughs) us. Um, also something as simple as just like putting your finger in their free hand and just Mm -hmm. letting them I remember they would just like shake my finger back and forth while they're, and that would be enough to (laughs) occupy them that they wouldn't worry so much about what was going on around them. Just little distractions like that. Maybe a nice little nursing necklace. Yeah. Watched mama makes those. It's also that age though, too, that you've probably learned enough about your baby at that point too, that, if your baby seems content and happy and they're pulling off and they're laughing and you're just over it, like Mm -hmm. you're like, I have got stuff to do. I know you're not really hungry because if you were hungry, you'd be eating. (laughs) Like as Lindy and I like to say on the podcast, like, it's okay. It's okay to say no. It's okay mm-hmm. to put your baby down with a toy and say, Hey, you know what? You're really not into this. You know, you're giggling on the breast. Like it's probably not, you know, urgent, urgent yeah. right now that <laughs> right. we do this. Yeah. That's so. a good point. Especially if you're in a situation where, you know, you are surrounded by people and it's like nipple show, nipple show, nipple show. <laughs> nipple show and you're like, okay, let's, let's regroup later. Yep. Right. Um, that also made me think like, like you said, they're teething a lot of times during that time. And so they may be slightly uncomfortable. So you're a pro at this point. So that would be a great time to like try different positions. They're so much stronger. They can maybe even sit up. Mm -hmm. Like you can try some different positions that are a little bit more comfortable for them as well. If they're like experiencing some drainage or something like that during that time too. Yeah. I will say that my, um, all three of my kids, as soon as they learned how to sit up and nurse, they were so much more efficient and happy and like got their feeds done so much quicker than me trying to lay them down and cradle them Mm -hmm. or football hold them or lay down with them like they're just they're so excited and they want to be moving and they want to be rolling around and and touching everything and pulling your hair and sticking their toes in your mouth so just like letting them sit up and look around while they're feeding it was a game changer for us all three times yeah I think that's also around the time when I um learned how to stand up and nurse it was when my (laughs) oldest would not focus would not focus so I stood up and kind of rocked him back and forth and then eventually he was like oh we're doing this we're comfortable we're rocking okay and then he would nurse so there was a period of time where I was pacing in my tiny little apartment (laughs) with my baby because he wouldn't nurse otherwise right (laughs) you'll find your groove yeah Yeah. um okay I was told I couldn't breastfeed because I'm on a certain medicine you guys we hear this a lot do you you remember that email can you tell a little bit the one that made me so mad well, mm-hmm. the one that pretty much made us all cry, like the yeah. one that she went back and she yes. actually advocated for yeah. herself and so, she was right the whole time or oh. something or they switched meds or something. Yeah. I think so it's really we got important it. to preface this again with um, the fact that not all doctors know a lot about lactation or 
or even know that lactation is important to you. So yep, if you right. say, hey, I'm breastfeeding and they say, hey, this is medicine and it's not compatible with breastfeeding and the conversation ends there. That's a whole lot different than saying, hey, my breastfeeding relationship is really important to me. And I think no matter what's going on in my life, it's actually going to help me heal. You know, like it, yeah. it mm-hmm. you take that whole biological system and all of a sudden you stop, you stop breastfeeding and no matter what's going on with your body, whether it be, you know, emotional or, you know, some sort of infection or something like that, it's all going to impact your body. Yep. Yeah. So you just need to let them know that it's important to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there are some times where there is absolutely no way around it. Absolutely. Yeah. But many times there is. Yeah. So we got an email from this customer and it was a simple email. She wasn't reaching out for lactation support. She just wanted to cancel her order. And she had happened to mention that she had a foot break or something. I can't remember what body part, but, um, and she needed to have surgery. And so this medicine that she needed to go on, or maybe that she was on at that time, um, her physician had told her that she could not breastfeed. And I was like, Oh, this makes me mad. Like (laughs) this, obviously people have breaks and they have surgeries all the time. So where, what was the disconnect there? So I, you know, of course was like, I'm happy to cancel your order, but just so you know, um, here's a resource. So LACTMED, L-A-C-T-M-E-D is a resource that you guys can all go out to and look at, and you can look at your, um, medicine and, it's sciencey. You'd have to, you know, you have to read through, but it's like studies of what breastfeeding moms can and cannot do with different medicines. But that will tell you if it's safe or not. And then, um, so I gave her that resource and I said, um, you know, up to you based on what your goals are, but it sounds like you're pretty upset about this. And so I would just suggest, is there a different medicine that you could be on? Um, And just going back and talking with your doctor about that. So I'm like type, like we have little notes that we can add in there. And I was like, this makes me so mad. (laughs) Like I was so mad, not at her, but just at that. Oh, there's one answer and here's what it is. No wiggle room. Yeah. But I mean, you have to, I mean, you also have to look at the fact that like, what what do we have? Like 15 minute doctor doctor's appointments Mm -hmm. in the United States. I mean, it's, it's all a mess. And that's what so much of this kind of goes back to. But even just taking those couple minutes, you have a right. Find your voice, just like the workplace situation. You have a voice to say, hey, can can my baby come to me to breastfeed? Hey, you know what? This breastfeeding relationship is important to me. Is there another medicine or is there another way? I had an instance when um, my daughter was breastfeeding and I had hurt my shoulder and the doctor, it was over the phone. I had called him and I said, it's still really bothering me. Is there anything you can give me just so that I can sleep at night? And he said, yeah, I'll give you X medicine. I don't remember what it was. And I said, okay, can I breastfeed on that medicine? And he said, well, I don't recommend it. And I said, okay, well, I'm breastfeeding. Is there another medicine mm-hmm. that I can use instead? And he, sure enough, took about two seconds. He got yeah. another one. There's always going to be something, <laughs> yeah. right? And we, so this, Science is amazing. Yeah, right? <laughs> so this customer did email back and she was... Which, like, we never expect emails back in that right. situation. Yeah, right. Like, we just say, yeah. hey, here's a resource. She would never know we were mad. Like, it's not something that, like, is our business to be mad about, but in the whole grand schema things, you know, it's just not looked at and wanting to support moms. It upset us. So it was so cool that she emailed back because she was like, I just want to let you know, I went back, I talked to my doctor. I now have a whole care team Mm -hmm. around making sure that I get to continue breastfeeding through this surgery and this process. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just so so cool. Yeah. Like he reached out to like an OB and a pediatrician or something at the same time to try and figure out how to make sure that that tandem relationship between her and her baby continued. It's just, it's so interesting. Like even my dad who, He's an optometrist. I remember I had an eye infection at some point when I was breastfeeding. I was down in Florida. It was like pink eye or something. Or No, I was pregnant. I, I don't know. One of the two. <laughs> um, and I remember he wrote me this prescription. And he was like, yeah, but you can't take it, you know, while you're breastfeeding or while you're pregnant or something. And I was like, well, why did you write it to me? He's like, because <laughs> this is what I'm supposed to write. And I mean, what is there another option? I'm like, holy, holy. Oh, Who dad. are you? Like, like, like what? Like what are you doing? Like these are your grandbabies. Like can we talk about this some more? But it's just so interesting. You sometimes have to educate, and sometimes you have to advocate for yourself, even when it's apparently your own father. <laughs> yeah, just ask the question. Yeah, right. 
Okay, <laughs> last last one, maybe. We'll see. Um, <laughs> how do I know when it's time to wean and how do I do it? Mm. Is that like the baby's ready or the mommy's ready or they're both ready? I think we get both of those. For, and yeah. I will All say for some reason, there seems to be this one year... Well, I know that's like the um, the recommended requirement is that you breastfeed for one year. But sometimes moms, it, it is like they're ready to like drop it yeah, yeah. at one year. So and that's maybe, fine. Yeah. And that's fine, too. Yeah. It's just interesting. Sometimes we get that almost like I'm approaching this one year mark. What do I do? Yeah. How do I wean? Yeah. Um, so I mean, that makes me seem like that's more mom, yeah. mama led rather I than baby led. I breastfed my kids for one year um, based on like, you know, I was just like, oh, that's what they recommend. I'm going to shoot for a year. And then I got there and I was over it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're over it, if you, if all the joy and <laughs> bonding has been sucked out of it for you, <laughs> if you just want your body back, then it's time to wean. If your baby's over it, that's what actually happened with my, my two boys, um, both kind of just self weaned they just were over it with my last one I wasn't really ready (laughs) yeah last but he he is my baby um and he was just done I think my daughter would have I think she would still be breastfeeding if she could (laughs) she's 12 I think she would still breastfeed if she could but I was over it so I cut her off (laughs) so how did you if you decide then how did you go about doing that yeah so I just um with Lily she was uh, she's, she would crawl back up inside me if she could. Um, but I needed she's such a sweetheart. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. She's an angel. <laughs> she, um, I just kind of started eliminating, um, like one feed at a time. You just kind of do it one at a time. You don't, you don't just cut it off all at once. Um, just the one that maybe the baby seems less interested in or maybe one that falls around mealtime so you can kind of Mm -hmm. replace that with food because around that time they start really eating they can really eat people food Mm -hmm. around the year mark um so i would you know drop the lunchtime breastfeeding and just give her food and then in the morning i would just give her breakfast instead of feeding i think the last one to go was always the nighttime i thought thought that's what you were gonna say (laughs) that was always the last one to go and then but by that time you know you've eliminated all the other ones and they're just kind of ready yeah we get a lot of questions I feel like about weaning and pregnancy mm-hmm. which is kind of a little bit of a controversial topic I'm sure not completely based in science and stuff but um, a lot of people feel like they need to wean to get their cycle back to get pregnant again I feel like that's a question in the group all of the time or their doctor told them oh you're pregnant now you have to stop breastfeeding. yeah it's interesting I mean they're from what I've understood in terms of science it's really done on a case-by-case basis if you don't have any sort of reason like an irritable uterus or preterm labor um, there's really no reason why you can't breastfeed through pregnancy I know personally I'm it's probably because I'm older um, my progesterone if you look at the way that breastfeeding works and the science behind it my progesterone stays relatively low while I'm still breastfeeding um, which is the way that the whole science behind Mm -hmm. the milk production works Um, but for the last two to three pregnancies um, I've really had to completely wean to be able to get that progesterone up high enough to support a pregnancy which I don't know, has some science behind it. Some people would say no. But if you look at the way, Kelly Mom has an amazing article Love about, um, they have a whole chart about kind of what happens with ovulation as you know you start to get back to it after childbirth and lactation. It's really, really interesting. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't think I've ever really had a wean a kid other than pregnancy wean. And then that's a whole nother thing because you're trying to protect something inside of you and get them to feed less. Um, Although I have promised sweet little Catherine who turns two right when this baby's born that she can have milk again when the baby comes. (laughs) Good luck. We'll see if she she remembers. I bet she will. uh, Yeah, thanks. Thanks. I'll I'll, I'll keep you guys posted on that. She's going to be hitting you up. She just tries now and I'm like, oh my gosh, stay away from my nipples. Stay away from them. Um, I'm like, just a few more weeks, honey. Like six more weeks. And then she's like, okay, mama. Okay, mama. And I'm like, oh no, please forget about it. (laughs) Just hug your baby brother when he comes, all right? I am. Oh, sweet I feel like I operated on both of those uh, levels where like 
I all of my kids are two years apart. Like mm-hmm. I'm not even sure how I did that, but it just happened that way. <laughs> um, and I also was like Aaron. I was mentally done breastfeeding around that same time. So all of my kids have weaned between the like 18 and 22 months mark. And I like to say that they self-weaned because we we kind of worked on it together. Like if you want to wean drastically and you want it done within, you know, a couple weeks, you're totally capable of doing that. You can cut yeah. out a feed every couple days and you guys can be done in two or three weeks. That, if that's how you want to operate, absolutely, you can safely do that. Um, I kind of went with the don't ask, I mean, sorry, don't mm-hmm. offer, don't refuse method mm-hmm. where my kids who were all completely boob obsessed Um, you know, I'd offer a toy instead when they asked to nurse, I'd offer a snack, we'd watch a TV show, we'd sit and cuddle. Um, and you know, if, if they really, really wanted to breastfeed, then absolutely I'd give it to them. But if there was a way I could distract them and I wouldn't offer it to them freely, Mm -hmm. uh, it took maybe two months with each of them and they all caught the hang of it pretty quickly. And we were down to one feed like at night I think everybody's last feed to go is that either breastfeed when you get up in the morning for snuggles and and good morning hugs or that like going to sleep and getting comfortable in bed and really feeling feeling confident to go to sleep by themselves type Mm -hmm. feed um were you getting ready to have a baby each time though I was not super pregnant I was like maybe eight to 14 weeks with all of my kids. Okay. And I will say I, I operated on the same issue as you did with low progesterone um, and had a couple losses because of it, but went ahead to supplement it, mm-hmm. which you can ask your, your doctor about. You can talk to your provider about, you know, low progesterone, what you can do to support that and how to continue breastfeeding mm-hmm. if you want to. Personally, I was over it. Yeah. <laughs> and your milk starts but to dry up. Your nipples get sensitive. So like, sensitive. It's, it's a little bit yeah. easier to wean when uh, it's completely not comfortable and they're not getting a whole lot anyway. So. One thing that um, one thing to just be careful of is that we see a lot of moms who uh, who get pregnant almost instantly after having their first baby, which more power to you. I don't think I could, but you're amazing. <laughs> uh, just be aware that a very large majority, if not almost all moms, lose some or most of their milk production in at some point in pregnancy so if you have a younger baby if you have a a six month old if you have a seven month old you're gonna need to find something to tide them over you're gonna have to find donor milk you're gonna have to use formula to supplement you're gonna have to make sure that they're eating you know some solid meals work with your pediatrician or your clc your ibclc Mm -hmm. you know a dietitian something to make sure that that other baby whether you're still nursing or not is getting what they need absolutely all right the last question I had. Wow. <laughs> Thanks, April. Thanks, Those April. Those are good questions. Yeah. yeah. Good work, guys. Good discussions. Anything else anybody wants to add? Reach out, guys. We have yeah. chat Please. that's open um, most of the time. Chat and email are going to be your best bet. Yes. Um, yeah. But we have questions come in all sorts of places. Facebook Messenger, um, Instagram. Is there a way you all prefer them? Um, email is out. best just because we can see like all of our past interactions. Yeah, we and can we, forward it to other team members yeah. too when this kind of group gets a little overwhelmed with requests. Um, but if it's late at night, yeah, and Facebook Messenger or something we'll is, to group any of them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is, is something that you guys find your way to, we are definitely here for you. Yeah, so. and I don't know, you may have noticed, but we have people on customer service and on Facebook <laughs> all the time all the time all day yeah, yeah. weekends weekdays yep. late at night early in the morning mm-hmm. I usually start around 6 30 in the morning <laughs> yeah. all the time lots of mamas like to get support from our our latch mama love Facebook group which is a fantastic yeah. way to ask each other you know um what you know how lactation is going for others how this worked out for you this is what's happening with me is that normal Mm -hmm. um but you know anecdotal evidence people's other experiences those are great and those are really wonderful ways to get education and support but if you still feel like you have a question that's not been answered or you still feel like you know you you need a little bit more support you can always 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 reach us um it instagram messages yes you can get us we don't have a whole lot of clcs on that end but always 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 reach out we will find you help yeah we will always make sure that you get the support so happy world breastfeeding month yay Uh, Yay. thanks for listening this was fun it was fun yeah let us know if you guys need anything some of my favorite people (laughs) (laughs) bye guys bye